you are not a robot. Like, let's go back to that. You're not a robot. And are you're... you sure? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of... Coaches on Couches. Bing! Super slouchy. Today, yeah. in these comfy little camping, zero-G gravity zero, chairs. Zero gravity, baby. That's where it's at. Well, as you can see, we still haven't figured out the whole couch situation, but we're testing some things out. You know, this one might be a winner, to be honest. It, could be. it, the, it, it hits the slouch button, for sure. It does. Like, if I'm, if I'm really feeling like I'm in it, I'm up forward. If I feel like right. chilling, I feel you. So today, we're going to talk about... Uh, a topic that we get questions on all the time, and we we have a similar, I would say, him, similar um, attitude toward this topic as we do erg mode. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about why your fitness score is wrecking your fitness. Could be. Well, most of the time it is. Could be wrecking your fitness. Yeah. So what the heck is a fitness score? We'll get there. I'm Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time crunch athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com. Check us out on YouTube and Facebook at buildpeakcompete and all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Is YouTube at Build Peak and Peak? I think it is. I yeah. Don't I don't have is. my I don't have my little sheet today. But you'll you'll figure it Facebook out. Facebook and YouTube. Oh yeah. I almost didn't even do that because we got a we got a lot to cover today. I, well I was uh that intro took so long I almost felt I saw sweet. that. Took a little napsky. You're really hamming it up over there, aren't you? Oh uh, yeah. So yeah we got a lot to talk about. There's mm. there's a lot of confusion surrounding uh, the old fitness score. Um, to, to put it out there, like Strava and training peaks both use now use it. You didn't always be this way, but now use basically f fatigue form and fitness, uh, as metrics, um, to quantify how fit you are, how tired you are day to day and how much accumulation of fatigue or, how much training load you've kind of soaked up over the last however long. Yes. So essentially, there's a ton of data that these sites, the software is pulling from. And they're trying to say, okay, how do we make sense? How do we try to provide an easy way for the end user, whether it's the athlete, you know, the person looking at the data, how do we provide a way where it kind of, uh, in a simple snapshot, makes sense out of all of these numbers that they're seeing let's go into like it could this can really get in the weeds this can really get complicated but we're going to break it down as simply as we possibly can for those who may uh be listening to this and don't even know what we're talking about to begin with so yes um, but majority of the people that we coach are on training peaks and or use strava mm-hmm um, so 
you're probably familiar at least with the letters and the and the terms uh, fatigue form and fitness so and the and i think the reason we've kind of moved this up but i've had two different conversations just in the past week where people referenced wanting their fitness to be at a certain level and that's where that's where you and i don't feel fitness is necessarily a usable thing your your number you see under fitness does not mean that you are necessarily going to achieve or, or perform at a, at a high level. So driving that up as high as you can, can wreck your fitness by overtraining. Yeah. Yeah. If, if your only goal is to get that number as high as possible, the main way to do that is to keep accumulating training load. Uh, and that will keep pushing that number up. Yep. Um, the harder and longer you go each day. So like, we'll, we'll, let's dive into it. Like, let's talk about how fitness is actually calculated. So we'll start with basically, uh, your TSS because your TSS is, um, Strava Strava also calls it relative effort. Yeah. So, um, TSS is your training stress score, which is what they've come up with to try to quantify how hard a specific workout was. So in, um, in coming up with that crazy algorithm, um, we also have to understand what intensity factor is. Correct. So if you're watching, we'll, we'll put the like long definitions up, but we're going to try to keep it pretty simple. Yeah. If you find this on YouTube, this will be a little easier to, to follow, but we'll give the, the basic definitions yeah, here. So TSS is basically a, a, a number that quantifies how difficult a uh, workout was for you. Yep. Intensity and time. Right. Based on your intensity and how long you were doing it. The intensity factor is a percentage basically of, of threshold that you spent your time at. And so intensity factor and the total duration combined gets you TSS. Which relies on those normalized numbers, which is another algorithm. So this is where you can see how it can get confusing pretty quick. And you can also start seeing your fitness score is driven by a bunch of different mathematical calculations. And we are not robots, right? There are a lot of factors out there. So it's trying to make as good of sense as it can out of all this, this data it's getting, but it's not necessarily... The number you see at the end of all this is not necessarily something that we can truly rely on because there's just so many, so many factors out there. We can never trust a mathematical calculation to be 100% accurate in this manner. Yeah. And we'll go into more of our like major issues with, Mm -hmm. with the, the overall number that is fatigue or sorry, fitness. Yeah. Um, But that's, that's a big part of it is that you're just relying on all these different equations that, yeah. Um, are just trying to you're, you're trying to you're trying to put human physiology and everything else that goes on in life into a number and it's just to us it's just not it's not possible um the other part of it is that like some people some like um one uh, one algorithm might use like a um an average of a certain time frame to calculate something and we'll just go into like cto like your fitness score stru- yeah. uh it used to be called CTL still, still there. If you look in training peaks, you'll still see CTL yep. on like performance management charts and all that stuff. Yeah. These are like the big three you see CTL, ATL, TSB. Yeah. Now, now called it's 
fitness, fatigue, and form. Form. And that's what also what Strava uses. Yes. Fitness, fatigue, and form. So your fitness or your CTL is basically your uh, overall accumulation of training load or an average of your training load over, uh, tr- well, Training Peaks uses a 42-day 40, six weeks six week yeah. rolling so average. and a half, yep. Um, whereas, from what we understand, Strava doesn't average. It's like an infinite um, number. Like, yeah, we'll have to dive more into the Strava side of things, but doing a quick a quick snap or a quick look before we jumped on it said in theory you can achieve an infant level of fitness, fitness which <laughs> that's bold that <laughs> that's is a bold, bold statement that is bold to put out there and say that oh yeah your fitness is infinite uh <laughs> pretty sure it's not that's a whole other episode yeah so your your ctl um you know it's it's, it's looking at how hard did you go on it, like, what did you average on a day-to-day basis for 42 days? Yep. So how hard was it each day? If we if we add up 42 days worth and divide it by 42 days, add up all the TSS you accumulated and divide it by 42, that's essentially what it's giving you. Now, it is an algorithm, so there there is what did you do prior to that 42 days? Because that first number is is being accounted for. But in general terms, like simpling or simplifying this, what did you average per day for the past 42 days? So if you think of it that way, um, it becomes a little bit easier to understand. And if you start looking at the numbers, essentially a 100 TSS for cycling and a 111 TSS for running would be a max effort, a max one hour effort. The amount of stress you put on your system is a 100 TSS for the bike and a 111 for the run. So if you start, if you start thinking about, okay, I'm seeing my fitness score go up to, or I want my fitness score say to be a 100, uh, a 100. I want, because, you know, who doesn't live 100%? I mean, you like 110, right? I go to 111. Cranks it up, cranks it up. But if we start thinking about that, like if I were to go out and go as hard as I could for an hour every day for 42 days, that would that would wreck me. We would never design a training plan where someone does that. Um, so you say, okay, well, what if, what if the whole thing's not hard and you just go longer? Well, still, you got to go a lot longer in order to get that yep. that training st- stress score up to that 100 mark. And then you start looking at ceilings, right? So that's that's also an issue we have, um, and we'll we'll dive into this a little bit more. But you know, for someone who constantly on wants to see that training stress or that that number, that fitness number improving, you only have so much time in a week and only so, so much time in a day, right? So once you max out yeah. your available training time, then your only option to keep driving your fitness score up is to stop taking recovery days and to really start ramping up your intensity. That's the only way Which you can... Which is the number one recipe for hurting yourself, burnout, yes. uh, all of the bad things that we try to avoid as coaches. Yes. So, so in order for you to keep seeing that fitness go up, you essentially would have to stop taking recovery 
which recovery is something we've spoken about before and how important that is. Um, and, and you'd have to start ramping intensity and going as hard as you could for as, as much time as you could, essentially. Yes. And even then, you only have 24 hours in a day. So there is that ceiling. So now, we've got to dive more so into Strava. <laughs> right? <laughs> you got 24 hours in a day. Exactly. Uh, so that's the issue we, we really have. Um, with someone looking at, okay, I need this arbitrary enter whatever uh, number you want. That, but this is one of, well, personally, I'll let you get to yours, <laughs> but that's one of the big problems I have is, first off, it's, it's a, a number um, and it's not actually going to show my athlete how well they're going to go perform on a bike. The higher they get that number, likely the more fatigue they're going to end up carrying, which goes into that next thing we'll talk about, the, the ATL, the acute training load. Um, but just thinking it, I want as high a number as I can, yeah, it means you trained a whole lot, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily having good fitness. Correct. Training a lot is not does not equal good fitness. Correct. So the other number here is, the, the middle, middle number here is your ATL. Acute. Acute. Or your uh, fatigue. Fatigue. That's the that's mm-hmm. where it's uh, the crossover Strava and Training Peaks. Yep. It's fatigue, and the ATL is your uh, basically the is it ten to seven? Se- seven? We saw two different, yeah. but essentially, yeah, it's what have you done the last like seven yeah, to, right. to fourteen days? Yeah. So it's trying to measure. Okay, we're we're looking at. You know your chronic training load. What have you averaged over forty-two days? And now, how much have you spiked that up or dropped that? Yeah. And so, what is the, the last, last fourteen seven. of the forty-two, or the last seven of the forty-two? What is that? We look literally like? found. Is that going multiple up? definitions of is it, ATL? Is it going down? But essentially, it's saying, okay, what have you done the last week or two? How hard has that been? Yep. How how much in, how much training stress per day has there been over the course of that that shorter time frame? Yep. And so again, this is trying to tell us trends. This we can look at that number to know are you trend, going to trend up in your CTL or are you going to trend down, which then goes into the training stress balance, the TSB. And for that, it's essentially yesterday's fitness, yesterday's CTL minus yesterday's fatigue. So when you're when you're starting to train less or when that intensity is going down, you should see that TSB, your training stress balance, going up. And then the more you're training, the more you're training above what your fitness number is, your, t- your daily TSS is higher than your current fitness number, you're gonna start seeing your TSB going down. And TSB is form. Which is your form. That's way, that's, sorry, we're stuck in the old days here. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, I still say TSB, TSB form. But yeah, form, which goes is the crossover between Strava and Training Peaks, um, and they, you know, they, you know, they've tried to put metrics on what form number people perform the best at, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, there's, there is, in my experience, there's really no, uh, like, n- there's no foolproof way to say no. The, the best way you can to, look at trends. Yeah. Trends. So like yeah. any one individual you you can, if they went into a race and they had a great race, 
you can say, okay, you were at this form number the day of or the day before because form is actually tomorrow's <laughs> estimation. So when you see, like, if you look at your training, if you're done with training for the day, you look at your form after the day is done, it's actually predicting tomorrow's uh, form number or freshness. Some, like some, some of the other ones say form freshness, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so um, you are actually looking at tomorrow's numbers. Mm-hmm. So I have yet to find like a algorithm or a, like a thing that predicts what form number other than looking at people's like form numbers over time when they've had good races. Yes. So us as coaches, we like to, there's, you are, you are not a robot. Like, let's go back to that. You're not a robot. And are you're, you sure? My, my robot. Man, I really want to, hold on. Oh, look, arigato. Um, <laughs> no, you're, there, so Training Peaks is looking at the data that's being recorded and uploaded to Training Peaks. Same with Strava. It's looking at the stuff you did and uploaded to their software system. It is not looking at the fact that you were up three hours last night with your kid because your kid was sick. It wasn't. It doesn't account for the stress in your life that you're dealing with, whether that's with a significant other, a child, at work. It's not accounting for the style of work you do and how stressful that may or may not be. Are you on your feet all day? Are you sitting at a desk all day? So all of this stuff is stress, but is not part of this daily training stress score. So us trying to say, to compare what worked one week to what is going to work another week without accounting for all this other stuff just isn't, it isn't a realistic predictor. No. I mean, you have, I've had people go into events super fit and have something extremely stressful happen in their life leading into, and they bomb. Mm -hmm. You know, we think they're going in, great, everything looks good, they hit all their numbers, you know, great CTL numbers or form numbers, fitness numbers leading in. We, we, you know, mimicked another, like the form based on another race they had that was really good. And, you know, the week of, uh, you know, maybe their uh, kid was super sick or had a family member die or something like that and just bomb the race. Insert any morbid thing. Yeah. Insert any terrible (laughs) catastrophe in your life. And yeah, it's going to throw you off. Yeah. You know, so using it as a predictor is just not, it's not really realistic. Yeah. Unless, you know, you're in a vacuum or, you know, everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's go into a massive key. So if you're someone who wants to use this to compare, to to do essentially analyzing trends and comparing and seeing which direction you're going, then what is the first massive key of your number actually being more indicative of the stress on your body? And this is even more difficult for triathletes because all of your they're always difficult yeah they're (laughs) all of your all of your thresholds in your whatever um, you're using strava or training piece all of your thresholds have to be set accurately Mm -hmm. this is the all the time yes they have to be accurate all the time so if you're one of those people that hates uh 
taking threshold tests or doesn't like doing all out efforts to figure up your thresholds mm -hmm. or never, or when you see those notifications pop up on training peaks, you never reset your thresholds. Mm -hmm. The numbers are useless to you. They are not accurate. Absolutely useless. Yes. Cause essentially if you're, if your zones are set too low, it's thinking everything you're doing is super hard. Yep. And if your zones are set too high, it's now thinking everything you're doing is super easy. So you're not getting, that number's not accurate. It's not actually showing, none of the numbers really, besides the, the true absolute number you're seeing, whether it's power or heart rate, whatever that, that actual number is. Mm -hmm. If you're starting to look at anything that's been multiplied or put into an equation, it's no longer going to be an accurate re representation of the stress yeah. that you've undergone. So you got to make sure everything's accurate if you're wanting to use it. You got to make sure you're testing regularly. And then everything has to be uploaded. Everything's everything got to be uploaded. Everything you do, all of your training, uh, whether it's swim, bike, run, strength, you know, walks, yeah, everything needs to be uh, uploaded into these softwares so that it can account for that. Um, and you need a threshold set for all of them. Um, my big one of my big problems with using these numbers for triathletes is um well one most people don't like necessarily track their strength training for one but the other one is this the algorithm for swim tss is in my opinion needs some work um so when you set the swim threshold you know we'll do if we do big sets of like of like hundreds that are well well below or faster than threshold harder yeah yeah it ca it calculates this massive tss number for a swim when swimming isn't all that hard on somebody who's already fairly fit mm -hmm. um so it, it just it just uh, to me it, it skews it skews the whole week and on the contrary you could take for us the cyclists that are listening and you could take a cyclist who does no cross training goes out for a super chill run yeah it demolishes himself. That's yeah. ten minutes long, and they're they're demolished for days. Yeah, yeah. Huge so you, stress on the body, so even have, though per the numbers it didn't look stressful. Right. So I mean, so let's go. Let's just let's just list out issues. our issues. We've been we've been chatting about issues. Let's just kind of line them up, just to make sure we've we've talked about them, and then we're going to talk about how we use it. So we're gonna we we do reference this, or I know I do. Dale Dale does some as well. We like to go. How much we hate it, and then we'll be like, ah, oh, we don't hate it that much. But we actually kind of like you. <laughs> uh, it, you know, the problem you already talked about this doesn't account for life stress, big one. like poor sleep, doesn't account for all these other things that are going to affect your performance on Correct. any given day. Yep. Um, you know, or like like you said, uh, it just like it like everything has to be logged. Mm -hmm. But even if you log everything, we. And we've said this before. If we could just put a, if we could figure out a way to put a TSS value on uh, your dog dying or mm. you know something other morbid thing that we think up. Uh, Dale lives in a dark place. <laughs> trying to find, trying to find a really bad one that's not going to like. <laughs> uh, but you know you can't account for that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's going to affect your performance mm. one way or another. And it hits different people different. So it's another thing you can't put a set value on. Like yeah. dog dying is not a 150 TSS per day. I mean, you may not like the dog. <laughs> In which case, it's a stress reliever. <laughs> 
PETA? Let this it be one's, known. Uh, this is the vegan channel. We, bo- we both have several dogs. <laughs> yeah. And... All right. So the next one, uh, and this is a big one too. So folks with different zones. This indoors, bothers me in general. Indoors and outdoors. It is a well-known fact for most people. There's articles written about it. We've experienced it uh, over the course of the last. Every we've been doing this forever. Um, that. Indoor zones and outdoor zones for most people, whether that's treadmill um, or you know bike, treadmill's a little bit closer, but can be yeah. vastly different. If you're on different power meters, it can be vastly different. Yeah. So you may have your your threshold set very accurately for outdoors, yeah. and now you're doing an indoor training session, which for most people ends up being lower. And now it's categorizing that indoor ride that was so much harder than the ride you did the day before as being easier than that day. So it's not, you're not exactly comparing apples to apples all the time. So you got to be looking, if you're looking at the numbers and us as coaches, we're looking at it and going, okay, well, this one was done indoors and they're say 10% lower. So now we need to either go and up or deflate. Yeah. Other whatever the ride is based on the relative intensity. If we're trying to keep an accurate go of all these numbers, yeah, which is and, hard. And you know, uh, a treadmill is a, is something that's been a thorn in my side for years because sometimes there's no data from the treadmill at all, just time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes now, like if you have a pod or one of the newer Garmin's, it'll, you can do a treadmill run but the calibrations on that are wildly off. And so you're either uh, Iliad Kipchoge or you're walking the whole time, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and so that's not, it's just not accurate. Yep. And then, you know, um, I have had people, you know, using, if you're using Zwift, Zwift tends to be like, tends to mimic what the, if your treadmill uh, connects to Zwift, mimics the pace of the treadmill, which is nice. or if you're using like a stride, like a stride power meter or something like that, you know, that's a, a decent way to keep it pretty uh, balanced. But still, um, the numbers are going to be different from indoor versus outdoor. Which means, again, if you're wanting to use these numbers to have them actually have more value, you need to be testing and getting your zone set properly in each one of these disciplines, yeah. each one of these modalities of training. And then you need to be adjusting each individual session based on whether you are higher or lower than your threshold when you're indoors or outdoors, which yep. is, it's, it's a task. And you're still working on a little bit more on estimations here. It's not like a streamlined process. Yeah. I know we all want these algorithms and this, numbers to be end-all be-all, but yep. uh, they're just not. The next one, we were actually talking about this before we jumped on. Strength work. Strength work. Yeah, the, that's if, that's one of the fun. Even if you put like, even if you have a uh, like a default heart rate threshold mm-hmm. set in Training Peaks, and you like track your strength training on a tracker, and you get heart rate values, it will still come out with a extremely low uh, TSS score. And we all know that, especially for endurance athletes, you can wreck yourself in the weight room. Uh, pretty easily and the heart rate stays low mm-hmm. uh, the whole time and you're smashed for two, three days. Yeah, I'll do a strength training session and we'll be sore afterwards and it'll have, my average heart rate is like 
15 beats lower than what my like easy endurance indoor ride oh, would yeah. be, which is a very low stress. The The comparison between the two is yeah. off. So what I end up doing is if, if I'm going to be tracking that, I'm going to inflate the training stress score. Yeah. And again, it's an estimation. Right. I mean, there's like, it's just, you, as like, as we're talking about this, if your head's swirling, mm-hmm. that's why we are so like, not against it, but it's just, um, this is how easy it is for somebody to get confused and have chasing that fitness number re- t- completely wreck their fitness. Correct. Um, because you're, if you're constantly putting on more stress and more stress and more stress, and then you have over here, the, the workouts that you're logging are not logging correctly. So you're actually doing more stress than you're even seeing mm-hmm. in the numbers. Yeah. Like you're, you're just on this nice little graded path to burnout and injury and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get sick or something. Correct. I mean, your, your body is going to, uh, require, we call this required recovery. Uh, it's going to require forced, forced, yeah, recovery. forced recovery at yeah. some point to unload stress and let the body kind of heal yeah. up. I just had an athlete uh, put in one of their comments yesterday. They're like, wow, someone who I've struggled to get to actually take a rest week. Oh, yeah. Like, man, mm. I actually took a rest week like I should last week. And it's amazing how good I felt in all my workouts this week. I'm like, bingo, bingo, bongo. do it. Which kind of segues into how how we do end up using it. And so what mm-hmm. I'll end up doing, I know that there's constants. So if I haven't changed training stress or uh, any of the thresholds for a person, and I'm looking at a shorter window of time. So if I'm looking at how was this week compared to last week, and again, this is just another piece of data that I'm that I'm utilizing to get a full snapshot of the athlete. I'm reading the comments. I'm looking at the uh, individual workouts. I'm looking at the weekly summaries. Like, so this is just one piece of that puzzle. And now I'm going down a rabbit hole that I'm not. Oh, okay. So what I end up doing is I'm like, how hard? What was the TSS? You have for the this? hole. What? Yeah. yeah. I'm out. I came out quick. What was the training stress for this week relative yep. to last week? So was this a 700 TSS week, which means you averaged 100 TSS per day, 700 divided by seven? Um, If so, I know that for most, a 700 plus TSS week is a pretty big week in the cycling world for someone who's a time-crunched athlete. Oh, yeah. And if this week was 700 and the previous week was 600, okay, we've had this week was harder than last week. And if the week prior to that was 300, okay, your fitness level probably hasn't changed that much over three weeks. So those zones haven't changed very much. So now I can I can assume that, assuming everything was logged, so that's a double assumption now, that two weeks ago was pretty easy, last week was fairly hard, and this week was harder than last week. And that's how I'm using, that's yeah. how I'm using the number. Now I'll, I'll peek at uh, ATL, I'll, I'll peek at that acute training load and say, okay, because again, it's over a shorter time frame where fitness probably hasn't changed that much. And when I start seeing numbers up near that that 100 mark, then I'm like, okay, this person's been running a pretty a pretty high amount of fatigue yeah. through the body. And so it's just another thing that coupled with the comments, 
which are very important. The what easiest, was perceived yeah. exertion, which Strava allows you to do a, a perceived exertion as part of their metrics. Um, Training Peaks allows you to give perceived effort and how you felt. Or smiley faces. Smiley faces, yeah. numbers. Like all of that is is helpful because, again, going back to the fact that you are not a robot and there's a lot of stuff that goes into these these equations that are trying to give you numbers, that are trying to calculate yeah. your stress. Ultimately, how are you feeling? Like, how did it go? Yep. Maybe we have your zone set totally wrong. Maybe your power was reading totally wrong. Maybe you were on a great, like, how are you feeling and what are the trends? So I love using it for trends and I love using it to see, okay, relatively speaking, was this a harder or was this an easier week? Yeah. Yeah, I, for the most part, I do the same the same thing. And with triathletes, again, it's a little bit harder because you are you are trying to get data from essentially four different activities mm-hmm. and make sure that they're all accurate, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that sort of thing. So we have to read the comments to to see how hard it actually was for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going, and then, you know, we, we ask everybody to put in comments on, what they like nutrition and hydration and stuff like that, because maybe they went into it having not eaten in three or four hours or, or something How much like that. boozing did you do last night? Yeah. There's so many other factors, uh, as well. Um, but you also like the, Oh man, the thing that, that <laughs> it's just, Oh, com- that was an eye roll with the, with the head thrown out. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it's the comparison, right? It's like athletes comparing themselves to other athletes. Yeah. Um, and saying, oh, well, so-and-so's fitness is up at 100 or whatever. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not all that uncommon for a triathlete to, have a, to end up with a CTL over 100 because you're doing the training load you're doing compared to a single-sport athlete is, is generally higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're talking about like, like uh, we were talking about the post that Sam Long uh, did yesterday on, mm-hmm. on social media. Uh, just breaking down his last three weeks of training. That's like, and hey, he's a pro. This is, he had a three week training block and now he's resting. Let's just put it that, put that there. Taking a rest. But he averaged like whatever it was, 1,500, 1,700. It's a 1,900 TSS per week. Yeah. Ridiculous numbers. So nearing up that 300 TSS per day, which would be right. like doing three hours of All maximal out. effort. Yeah, every day. Or like six hours of steadier effort. So while he didn't put any numbers on his CTL or where that was sitting at after that block, um, you know, those those amounts, those like number, like TSS values would, you know... Again, it has to be his thresholds have to be set correctly and all that stuff for those to mean anything. But the guy did average like 30,000 30, yards in the pool every week. And which for a cyclist, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> he did like it was like, like three active recovery spins. It was is what like, that is. yeah, it was like 60 miles running a week, 30k in the pool, and I forget what he rode like. A thousand miles or something like that. Yeah. Eleven hundred miles a week. Hey, cheat code for you, all you gamers out there. Like, if you want a really high fitness number, just set all your thresholds super low. That's right. Boop boop. A B A B A B A C A B B. Finish baby. him. <laughs> Wait, did you just throw a C in there? I don't. Yeah. A little Mortal Kombat. There's a C. 
at the end of the day, anyway. hopefully before, <laughs> before we get into Mortal Kombat Chico. Before Mortal, Mortal Kombat takes over, uh, hopefully you can see that Training Peaks and Strava are trying to give you a way to, to make sense of all this data that's going in. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's not a, a perfect number by any sense of the word, as you've probably experienced, but it does have a way to provide you with another piece of data, another piece of the puzzle to help make sense out of how are you feeling and how are you yeah. performing. The, the, the best thing, if, there's, if, if you take nothing else from this, the best thing you can do if you're one of those people that loves data, uploads everything, tracks everything, keeps your threshold set up to date, is to simply look at what your CTL was the last time you had a really good race and try to get somewhere near that on the next event. Because if your thresholds improve, like it's not going to meet, like if your thresholds improve, you may initially see a drop in CTL. You will. Yeah. So I had a, an athlete who was mad that they weren't getting right. Their number had dropped because we changed their so, zones to a more accurate. So zone. if you if you and it's psychologic. So if you get nothing else out of nothing else out of this episode, <laughs> is that <laughs> that this is in no way accurate? Your fitness score is no way accurate uh, as to actually what your performance is going to be. Bam! I think that sums it up. <laughs> yep. And if you ever let your fitness score determine whether or not you're going to have a good day. Shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah. Turn your bike computer off or your watch and stop using that. Listen to your body. Dominate. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Appreciate you guys hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios.